Well, good weekday evening. Today is Thursday, February 9th, and you are tuned in to the weekly edition of the Parents of Prodigals podcast. I'm your host, Brother Alan Weir, for this one hour plus block of time. I say one hour plus because we usually go from seven to eight. However, the Holy Spirit has had other plans and had us go beyond the eight o'clock mark as we minister to those who have called in for prayer and wanted to share their insights and scriptures. So we don't look at the clock. We look at the Holy Spirit and his leading and his guidance. This is a live, a weekly live podcast, a call-in podcast. And the Parents of Prodigals podcast is a program dedicated, committed, and yes, even consecrated to the ministry of prayer, petition, and supplication for praying for the unsaved, backslidden, and wayward sons and daughters of those of us who are believers. You know, those of us um, who have children who are unsaved or backslidden, some of us have children who live at home. Maybe they're teenagers and they no longer have an interest in coming to church. Maybe they used to participate in Bible reading and family prayer, and as they've gotten older, they've lost an interest, maybe peer pressure or other things. The things of youth have distracted them. They no longer want anything to do with the things of God. We pray for them. Others of us have adult prodigal sons and daughters, and they have their own lives with their careers and families, and those are wonderful things. Those are blessings. However, the Word of God says that the cares of this life and the worries of this life have distracted many people, and sometimes our adult prodigal sons and daughters have become distracted by career or money or success, and they've pushed the things of God into the background and maybe assume and figure that there's plenty of time to recommit their lives to Christ or to come to Christ. I'll do it at a later date. However, the Word of God says it is appointed unto one, uh, once for men to die, and after this to judgment. And I've said it in previous podcasts, and I'll say it again. The next event on the biblical prophetic calendar is the rapture, the snatching away of believers here on earth. The Word of God says in the book of Thessalonians that the dead in Christ will rise first, then we which are alive and remain will be caught up together in the clouds with the Lord. And following this event, the rapture, which is going to happen. Many people don't believe it. There have been several movies about the rapture, and many unbelievers ridicule it. In fact, CNN did an article and an expose on rapture anxiety, the fear of scaring people about the end times being detrimental. That is a lie from the pit of hell and a deception, so people will not be ready for the second coming of our Lord. But the last thing we want is for our loved ones to be left behind. Because after the rapture takes place, there's going to be a period of time called the seven-year tribulation period, where God's judgments will be poured out in a rebellious and unrepentant world. It's going to be a horrible time, and we don't want our sons and daughters who are unsaved or backslidden <clears throat> or wayward to get left behind. And so we pray for them. This podcast is committed to lifting up unsaved and prodigal sons and daughters for their deliverance, for whatever is holding them in bondage, 
and their salvation and the filling of the Holy Spirit. We also pray for the parents and guardians of these prodigals. Many times we as parents and guardians of prodigal sons and daughters will be anxious, will be worried. Maybe perhaps the enemy will whisper in our ears that your son and daughter is too bad, too evil, too wayward, too far gone to get saved. And he tries to fill our hearts and minds with hopelessness and despair. It robs us of sleep at night, distracts us from reading God's word and fully trusting in him. However, like Lazarus who rose from the dead, all things are possible if you believe. Trust in the Lord. Continue praying for your prodigal. The Lord will answer your prayer. As I said before, this is a live call-in program, and we welcome your participation. If you have a prayer request, we invite you to text chat it in, and when the time comes for our time of prayer, when we lift up prodigal sons and daughters to the Lord, we will mention your prayer need, your loved one, bring it before the throne of grace. If you have an insight that you want to share regarding prodigalism, or maybe a scripture you want to share, maybe a testimony of how the Lord is moving in the life of your children. We've had several people, our own brother Jamie, his daughter came to Christ, his daughter and her friend both accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. He was sharing that several podcasts back. Something you have to say or share can edify and strengthen and comfort someone who needs to hear it. This is an ironing, sharpening iron program. And so we welcome your participation. We encourage you to call in and share. We want to welcome, we have listeners from a variety of locations. We want to welcome our listeners in New York, California, Colorado, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Massachusetts, Connecticut, Idaho, Georgia, Alabama, Maryland, Tennessee, Texas, Ohio, Utah, Wisconsin, West Virginia, and most recently, New Jersey and Big Sky, Montana, Montana, out west. We welcome all these listeners from all these localities. Some people who are listening are listening live, and we praise God. We welcome you. Other people, because of time differences, may be listening to this podcast through a download. It doesn't make any difference whether you're listening to this live or through a future download. The Spirit of God can move in a recorded download as he can in a live podcast. There are no constraints and no restrictions on the Holy Spirit and the power of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so, again, we welcome um, all listeners. Again, if you're a old listener, we welcome you. And if you're a new one, we just want to welcome you, and we're glad you're tuning in. It's a very special podcast that we have uh, today. In the past, we've had several co-hosts and uh, who have shared their insights. They've had a variety of gifts. We had a brother, Alex, who is uh, blessed with the gift of spoken word, and he shared uh, his talent with us. It was a blessing. We had our brother, Jerron Wilkins, Jr., uh, who uh, is gifted musical talent as well and he per he well, i'm not going to say performed he blessed us performances of well, that, that's the wrong word isn't it brother jamie yeah he he came on and shared his gift with us and many people were blessed we got a lot of feedback from many people who were blessed by uh, the sharing of his godly tenant the word of god says that we're all blessed with gifts 
We have to use these gifts for the glory of God and the edification of our brother and sisters. Well, today uh, we have a mother-daughter team with us, and they're going to be sharing their testimony, their insights, and what the Lord has done in their life. I want to welcome Sister Cynthia Roman. Uh, she's a member of Soul Purpose Evangelical Church, and her 17-year-old daughter, Kiara Lynn Roman. Again, they're both members of Soul Purpose Evangelical Church, both committed and dedicated women of God. And later on in our podcast, they will be sharing their testimony, scripture, what the Lord has done for them in providing us with their insights. Again, ironing, sharpening iron, and we welcome them to our podcast today. Sister Cynthia, welcome to our podcast. Thank you so much. God bless you, Brother Allen. I thank you for this opportunity to be here, and um, I'm excited to see what God is going to do today. So we're ready. And uh, we have our sister, Kiara. Kiara, welcome to our podcast. Thank you for having us today. Good. And God bless you guys. Amen. God Amen. Bless. We're going to be getting into our devotional, but before we do, I am going to ask our sister, Kiara, to lead us in an opening prayer before we start our program. Sister Kiara. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity that we have, this night that we have, this podcast that we are joining. Lord, we thank you for what you are doing and what you have already done and what you say you will do. Lord, we believe and we hold on to your promises and we thank you for the prodigals. We thank you for the children that will return back home, back home to you. And we just praise your name. And Lord, we pray that each and every person listening, that they would be blessed yeah. and that they would receive what you have for them to receive today. And in your name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for that, Sister Kiara. You know, I mentioned, and she mentioned uh, praying for the prodigals, and, and we thank you for the prodigals, Lord. You know, there are many of us, we know where our prodigals are. There are some of them prodigals are living at home, and, you know, we see them on a daily basis. Some are very hostile to the gospel. Some are very sarcastic and ridicule our walk with the Lord. Others of us have prodigals who are in treatment, maybe drug rehabilitation programs. Um, others of us have prodigals who are incarcerated behind bars, and we worry about them in those dangerous environments, and we pray for their safety. And then there are those of us, we have no idea where our prodigals are. They're wandering the streets. Maybe they've left home. We have no idea where they are what they're doing, who they're with, whether they're alive or dead, sick or well, hungry. We have no idea where they are. And it's interesting because in the story of the prodigal son, the son left home. There were no emails or cell phones back then. This young man left home, and the father had no idea about his son's well-being. I can only imagine the anxiety that he felt. But I'm sure he was praying, and his prayers were answered. We don't know how much time passed before his son returned. It could have been months, could have been years. But the word of God does say that the father looked on the road and his son was on the road and he was restored to fellowship and he returned to the fold of the family. We praise God for that. So that being said, we are going to get into tonight's devotional. And our scripture verse is going to be found in Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. 
Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. I'm going to give you a few moments to find that scripture verse in your Bibles. The title of our devotional tonight is The Prodigal Parent, The Prodigal Parent of All Things. You know, in previous devotionals, we spoke about the prodigal son, a young man who in his stubbornness and self-will pressures his father for his share of his financial inheritance before it should have been given to him. He does this so he can leave home and live the unrestrained, permissive lifestyle he craved. <clears throat> Excuse me. He does this for a while. Eventually, his money does run out. And when that happens, I'm sure his friends ran out as well. His life takes a downward spiral and decline. Eventually, he becomes homeless and destitute. He finally realizes the error of his ways and returns home, humbling himself before his father who tearfully rejoices at his return. He forgives him, and he lovingly restores him. We spoke about prodigal churches. How many churches today either are not preaching the gospel, just religion, or preaching a watered-down, self-help, motivational message with no mention of sin, no mention of hell or repentance, no mention of brokenness or consecration, nor are they preparing their members for Christ's return by talking about the end times or prophecy. There's no mention of the signs of the times. There's no mention of the rapture, the great tribulation, or the Antichrist. Their concerns are not offending, not scaring or pushing people away. They don't want to make anyone uncomfortable. Their services are more productions, all appearance but no substance, hyper-grace in preaching, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. And like the Laodicean church, they are lukewarm and therefore useless to the Great Commission. But you know, there's another type of prodigal, especially when it comes to being a testimony and witness before our wayward sons and daughters, whose salvation we are praying for. And that's the prodigal parent. The parent whose Christian walk before their unsaved sons and daughters is compromised by certain actions attitudes and behaviors. And while we need to continue to pray and fast for our prodigals, we also should examine ourselves and ask whether there is anything in our lives that could be hindering their coming to Christ. So let's read our text, Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. And again, I'm going to ask our sister Kiara to read our scripture text for this devotional. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and give it light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Amen. Thank you so much, Sister Kiera. You know, Judean villages in the first century had no public lighting in the streets. The only visible lights anywhere would be lights that were inside people's homes. And so when the sun sets, the door of the house is shut, and the lamps within are lit. In the first century, to sleep without light was considered to be a sign of extreme poverty. No one ever slept in total darkness. At least one lamp was always on, if for no other reason to signify that there was life within that home or to dispel total darkness. A traveler, whether in a village or in a more rural setting, would see a light within a home and know that there was life there. 
in Scripture, to wish a man's light to be put out would be to wish them a terrible curse. Light is what enables one to see and makes vision possible. Light and sight go hand in hand. In a figurative sense, light exposes, guides, and directs. And what's true in the physical sense is true in the spiritual sense. In fact, in John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus said that he was the light of the world. In our text, Jesus says that his followers are to be lights in a dark and sinful world as well. So we need to ask ourselves, are we being prodigal parents by becoming and acting wayward in our testimony, and as a result, extinguishing the light of our faith, as should be exposing sin, guiding and directing our prodigals, and pointing the way to eternal life in Christ? Well, this evening I want to focus on four areas in which a parent can be prodigal. The first is a parent can be prodigal in preaching. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, it says, Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. Reprove. And the Greek word there is elexon. It means to expose, to call out, to call sinful behavior for what it is. Rebuke. Epitemeson. Epitemeson is the Greek word. It means to warn to admonish about the behavior that's being exhibited in our wayward sons and daughters and warn them about that way of life. And that last phrase is exhort, parakeleson, parakeleson. It means to encourage, to beckon regarding changing one's ways from that wayward behavior. You know, that word preach at the beginning of this verse is the Greek word caruso, and it describes a herald, a messenger, whose job it was in the ancient world to proclaim a message on behalf of an authority figure like a king, and they would do it in a public setting. But there were times when the messenger would not want to proclaim the message, especially if the message might be an unpopular one or might not be received well. So sometimes in order to avoid being heckled or maybe even attacked, the herald would water down the message, make it sound less severe. Sometimes, out of fear, they may not even proclaim the message. And sometimes we as parents might shy away from proclaiming the gospel message in its purity or tell it like it is, as described in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, out of fear of what our prodigals would say or respond or react, maybe in ridicule or hostility. And there we have it. We end up hiding the lamp of our faith under the bushel of shame or embarrassment, like our sister Kiera was sharing in our verse. Paul said in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, that he was not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It was the power of God unto salvation. The second way we can be prodigal as parents is we can be prodigal by way of popularity seeking. Prodigal and popularity seeking. In Galatians chapter 1, verse 10, Paul tells the Galatians who are falling away from the faith, that he was going to be direct with them. Or as my pastor, our pastor, Albert Feliciano, usually says, he was going to be a straight shooter with them. Paul says, For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Paul was not concerned with being popular or being on someone's good side, so to speak. His focus was being true to his calling. 
In Daniel chapter 3, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego could have stayed on the King Nebuchadnezzar's good side by worshiping the golden images that he so ordered people to do. But their focus was on God, being obedient, and seeking God's approval, not man's. We as parents are not supposed to be preoccupied or focused on not offending our prodigal sons and daughters so that they won't dislike us or not want to be around us. Jesus himself said in Matthew chapter 10, verses 34 through 36, that following him would often mean division within one's own family. And he also mentioned that a believer's enemies would be those in his own household, again, dousing our light so we won't be disliked ostracized, or ridiculed by our prodigals. A third way we can be prodigal is prodigal with our powerful living, prodigal in powerful living. This is an important area. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4, Paul told the Thessalonians, For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost. And in much assurance, as ye know what manner of men we were for your sake. Do our prodigals see and hear us praising God in difficult circumstances, claiming God's promises, rejoicing in hope, and patient in tribulation, like it says in Romans chapter 12, verse 12. In Acts chapter 16, verse 25, Paul and Silas were in the inner prison after being beaten with rods and then shackled. And in the middle of the night, instead of sleeping or crying or complaining of injustice or becoming bitter, the word of God says, after enduring all that punishment and while still being afflicted, what did they do? They were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Are our prodigals, who are truly prisoners, hearing us rejoice like Paul and Silas, while in the inner prison of adversity and difficulty. That's powerful living that our prodigals need to see. Letting the light of the Holy Spirit shine bright by our powerful living. We need to be on guard against being prodigal and letting the power of the Holy Spirit shine forth in our testimony in our lives. The fourth area that we can be prodigal is prodigal in practice. Prodigal in practice. You know, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 13 says, Paul was speaking, and he stated that we ought to be devoting ourselves to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation and teaching. Now, that verse, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 13, which I just read, in Greek is in the present imperative. It's supposed to be a habitual lifestyle, not optional. It's a command. In Greek, it's also a military order. It is not a choice. Our Lord commands us to devote ourselves to the public reading of Scripture. And that term reading is the Greek word anagnosis. Anagnosis, it means to know again repeatedly by reading out, out loud. You know, in ancient times, people typically read out loud. Reading silently like we do today was rarely done. And in the early church, this was especially true when believers would gather at the homes of other believers. One person would be chosen to read the scriptures, whether it was the Old Testament law or church letters that were being circulated. And this person would read the scriptures and the letters to the other believers gathered there. 
and they would read it out loud for all to hear. The reader and the expounder of the scriptures were referred to as anagmostai, anagmostai, the one who reads and expounds and explains. So here's the question, not just for you, but for myself as well. Are you and I being anagmostai in our homes, reading God's word, claiming the promises, praising the Lord in the Psalms? Or do we shy away from reading God's word in front of our prodigals? maybe hiding our Bibles, putting them in a drawer instead of leaving them out. We cannot shy away from reading God's Word, especially if we're doing it and hiding from reading God's Word out of embarrassment or fear of ridicule. Colossians chapter 4, verse 2 says, we are to continue steadfast in prayer. Do we hesitate to say grace when our prodigals are around us at mealtime? Or what about playing Christian music? Do we shy away from playing Christian music when our unsaved sons and daughters are around? Or maybe not watching Christian programming. Maybe our prodigals will be in the car with us and we won't put on Christian music because they don't like it. We do this often, perhaps, when our prodigals are around us. We need to continue to practice our faith actively and not be ashamed before our unbelieving sons and daughters. You know, the one thing to pray, it's one thing to pray and fast for the deliverance and salvation of our prodigals, or maybe even to ask others to do the same on their behalf. But more than that, you and I need to, as 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 2 says, be living epistles, being known and read by all men. And we all know that we need to do this in front of our unbelieving sons and daughters. You know, the well-known Christian author, a man by the name of Dwight Pentecost said that when he traveled in the Holy Land, the one thing that was very noticeable were the multitudes of villages that were built on the tops of hills. And even from a distance, you knew the location of the next village, the city on the hill lighting the way. And you and I as genuine believers should never hide the fact that we have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And like a city on a hill, our testimony should be clear and visible for our prodigals to see, regardless of how they'll respond or they'll react. Sister Cynthia and Sister Kiera, I want to get your insights on what you've just heard. I want to hear what you have to say. Amen. Well, um, again, I want to thank you for um, having us here today and listening to the the devotional. I do I was just going listening and it reminded me that there are, are two prodigal parents. And for me, um, and I've experienced both, but for me, the first one is, you know, the uh, parent of a prodigal, mm -hmm. but then those mm. that are parents that are prodigals. Mm. And so, you know, in listening to that, this could be related to it can relate to parents, but also the children who are serving God that are calling back their parents mm. and working with the youth. Um, I see some of that sometimes and, and I see p children that, you know, have to go to their house and they're the ones who are standing in the light, who are standing in the gap for their parents. And, um, what you said, it definitely resonated in the sense of powerful living, um, point three that you stated there, because um, that's one thing that I've noticed with prodigals 
is that they sometimes, well, some of them may have a tendency to call you out on your fakeness and to call you out like, well, you want me to serve God, but what are you doing? Mm. You know, you go to church on Sunday, but Monday through Saturday, you're cursing up a storm or you're doing this, you're throwing this, you know? So it, it's definitely as those who are standing in the gap for our loved ones, as those who are interceding, we have to look at the word of God and say, you know what, we're going to rely on God's word and we're going to go forth and, and try to live a life, not because people are watching us, but because we want to serve God. And through that, our prodigals will come back home. Amen. Amen. Sister Kiera, what are your insights on this? My insight <clears throat> is, um, a lot of times, prodigals, you have the prodigal, just like as my mom was saying, you have the prodigal parent and then you have the uh, parent of a prodigal. And so it's important to be representations of Christ and mm -hmm. being that light that really just shines and breaks forth because if not, then that can pass down and become generational. Wow. Where you have a generation of generation and after generation after generation of prodigals. Mm. And it really shouldn't be that way. So it's also a reflection of what can we do to prevent more prodigals being birthed. Right. Amen. Uh. I was bursting at the seams. I did want to ask you a question. Now, uh, I'll say this right now. Um, a while back, uh, our computer that we do the podcast from was hacked. And so we've taken this show on the road and we've podcast from different locations. Right now, we are sitting in the uh, dining room table of the Roman household. Yeah. And they've been gracious enough. Um, they're co-hosting with me, but they've also been gracious enough to open up their home so we can uh, broadcast from their dining room table. And I mention all this because we are in their home right now. And Kiera is the 17-year-old daughter, like I mentioned before, of godly Christian parents. Mm -hmm. And as I sit here, I'm looking at her mom, Cynthia, and her dad, Moises mm -hmm. uh, Roman, is sitting across from me. He's not on the air with us right now, but he's a uh, I can wave to him. He's, he's sitting there right now. He's our bodyguard. I, bodyguard. That's right. God, God, yes. But he is. These are godly parents, and they are serving the Lord. I wanted to ask Kiera a real loaded question. Uh-oh. Okay. <laughs> now, this is a Christian household, and your mom and dad are both believers, and they love the Lord, and you obviously are a woman of God. But what would have been your reaction if you had seen inconsistencies in their life? If you had heard profession, but not possession? of the faith, if you had seen inconsistencies, yeah, going to church and maybe watching an occasional Christian programming, but if you had seen inconsistencies in their profession of faith, how do you think that would have affected you? I think that would have affected my walk now in the sense that I would question my parents as to what, what are they doing, like what's going on. Mm -hmm. Like, you know better. Um, obviously, I would come to them respectfully, but I think we have that, not I think, we do have that open communication. Mm -hmm. And they've always allowed us to, well, my sister and I, to go to them right. if something ever happened. But 
from me and my personal walk, I know God and I know that he wouldn't profess something false. Mm -hmm. So if my if I see my parents, it wouldn't make me question God. It mm -hmm. would just make me question my parents. I see. Amen. 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 You know, it's interesting. This this particular podcast and what we're going to be discussing is going to be a two parter, because we have Cynthia who was a prodigal herself, and she'll mm -hmm. be sharing her testimony in a few minutes. But in addition to that, we did our devotional on a prodigal parent, and we have their seventeen year old daughter. What if her parents were prodigals? What if and again, I asked her this question. I'll be maybe expounding on this later on. Again, what if Kiara's parents were not the man and woman of God that they are right now? Would she be the consecrated 17-year-old that she is right now? So we're going to be exploring those issues. This is a minefield in terms of inquiry. But you know something? What we're sharing is going to be a blessing. I believe if you're not, a, if you're not already being blessed, um, then you will be. Uh, and our brother Jamie is on our board right now. Brother Jamie, you have anything you want to share with us? No, I just think um, it's very important. We we talked about it before, right? Yes. We, you got to walk the talk, mm -hmm. right? And when we had uh, Brother Keith on and Jerron, um, some of the younger people, they all mentioned universally, right? Right. Looking to their parents that, you know, were not just talking about it, but living that life, Amen. you know, and that's why it's important to train up the child, right? Yes. You know, we have to be the example within the house, but that's like words of wisdom right there for yes. this young lady to say, you know, <laughs> I, you know, I know God wouldn't mm -hmm. misrepresent. And so yeah. it would not be, you know, right. losing any faith in God, just questioning her parents. That's, that's deep. That's right. The, yeah. the the inconsistency, hypocrisy is not on God's part. It's on the the parents' part. Amen. Yeah, you know. And I've said it before in previous podcasts. You can be a prodigal in church. Okay. Yeah, you know there are many people, many young people, uh, who are involved in church activities, yeah. but they have never accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. We have yes. parents who come to church, yeah. and you can be a pro. You can be a member of the choir. Um, God forbid you should be a, a <laughs> ministering in the church, and you're, no. but you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and we, Savior. You definitely have standards. That's <laughs> right. That's right. Purpose here, exactly. And, and I've also, sorry to cut you off, but I've no. also seen like some parents think that the church is a baby, uh, a, oh, a daycare. Yeah. Yes. And mm -hmm. so they, mm -hmm. they expect their children to, oh, go go on a Friday night, go mm -hmm. on a Sunday, go do mm -hmm. this. And yet the parents are just dropping off the kids and leaving. Yes. Right. And yes. so, you know, we, we definitely do see those things. And the children see that too. And, they do. And it's reflected on their walk and their characters. Prodigalism uh, is not just a matter of, you know, a wayward son and daughter wandering from the faith. Again, in our devotional, the worst thing you can do is be a prodigal parent yeah. because you have to train up a child in the way that they shall go. And when they are old, they shouldn't, they will not depart from it. But if you're a prodigal parent, you are not training up a child in the way they should go. You're prodigal yourself and not doing the things you should do. Mm -hmm. And there are many prodigal parents who are doing things that they shouldn't do and not doing things that they should do. And we reviewed that in yeah. our devotional. Mm -hmm. But we're going to be exploring this and other issues in the second part of our podcast. We're going to break into a musical interlude. And, you know, we just don't play music blindly here just for the sake of an intermission. We choose our music carefully. And we invite you to listen to the lyrics and the words of the musical pieces that we're going to be playing. And be blessed by what is being shared by way of music. 
And again, this is a live, a live call-in program. If you have an insight you want to share, a scripture you want to share, a testimony you want to share, or if you have a prayer request that you want us to bring before the Lord later on in our podcast, we will do that. Just text chat it in, and our brother Jamie, who's on the board, will let us know. And when the time comes for prayer and intercession and thanksgiving, we will lift up the request. Prayer is also warfare. We need to bind the works of the enemy and claim deliverance for our prodigals. And that's what we're going to be doing later on. So we're going to break into our musical interlude. And when we come back with the second half of the Parents of Prodigals podcast, you will hear the amazing testimony of Sister Cynthia Rahman and hear the deep insights of her 17-year-old godly daughter, Kiara. So please stay tuned for the second half of the Parents of Prodigals podcast. Don't leave. Yeah. yeah. One, two, one, two, one, two. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna give you glory I'ma give you all the honor And do that for the rest of my days, yeah It's all about you Let's talk about all of the things that you did for me And all the males that you turned into wins for me Got rid of friends that wasn't really too good for me Gave me a second chance And a third chance And a fourth chance I'm forgiven again Seventy times seven, your mercy endures You even cleaned me up when I wasn't the purest When I wanna give up but you gave me endurance I wasn't really sure, but you gave me assurance I couldn't pay you back for what you did You gave me a chance to really start to live So I'ma live I give you praise, that's my sacrifice, it's true Everything I do is just to glorify you Whether I'm praying for my brother or I'm rapping in the booth Nothing else matters, promise, it's all about you I'ma give you glory and honor and praise Even though it's looking like bad weather in my day I'ma give you glory and honor and praise Oh, you are worthy of all of my praise All of my praise I'ma give you all the glory, all the honor, all my praises Lift my hands up, never faking Feel his presence, he's amazing Yeah, I'ma go hard for what I believe in Been given power to get rid of spirits and the demons Violence is broken, any chains that was holding you pop off It's true, cause of his word it must happen, my God is not soft All of the glory, I give it to him I work his word like I'm inside the gym All of his praises, I give them to you You're faithful to me, so I'm faithful to you All of the glory, I give it to him 
work out his word like I'm inside the gym All of my praises, I give them to you Faithful to me, so I'm faithful to you I'ma give you glory and honor and praise Even though it's looking like bad weather in my day I'ma give you glory and honor and praise Only you are worthy We pray that they, that that musical interlude was a blessing to you. And again, I mentioned that we choose our music carefully. We just don't play any number. That was our sister, India Shock, yeah. our board man, Jamie. That was his, uh, his wife, blessed with the gift of music mm-hmm. and composed that and shared it with us. And the other voice you heard, of course, was our brother, Jerron Wilkins. They teamed up mm-hmm. for that musical number, which was a tremendous blessing. So we welcome you. We welcome you back to the second half of the Parents of Prodigals podcast. And as I said before, I don't want to overstate it, but I'll say it again. We welcome your insights. Again, if you want to share a prayer request, text chat it in. If you want to share a testimony, a scripture please feel free to participate. We encourage you to call in. And again, this is a podcast where iron sharpens iron, mutual edification, strengthening, and comfort. I mentioned earlier that our two guest hosts were Sister Cynthia Roman, who is a member of Soul Purpose Evangelical Church and serves in the worship team there, Mm -hmm. and her 17-year-old daughter, Kiara Lynn Roman, Uh, who was also a young woman of God that the Lord has called into ministry to serve in her own right. And they're going to be sharing some of their insights. But first, Sister Cynthia is going to be sharing her testimony in terms of how she came to the Lord, what kind of events took place in her life that led her to come to Christ, fall back, Mm -hmm. and then return. Sister (laughs) Cynthia, I would love to hear, we would love to hear, on this journey that you took that brought you to where you are right now. Praise God. Well, again, for the third time, thank you so much for this uh, opportunity to be here. And um, as you stated, I'm a member of Soul Purpose Evangelical Church with my pastors, Albert Feliciano and Francis Feliciano. I serve on on the choir and I'm a youth director along with my husband. And, um, I'll try to give the cliff notes version because we could be here all night <laughs> talking about uh, everything that I went through and all these things. And I can't say I went through a horrible life because I, I wasn't, um, I didn't have that, but definitely I did have my setbacks. And a lot of the times it was my myself and um, I put myself in those positions. And um, 
let's start with, I was born and raised in the church. I was born and raised um, in a Pentecostal, old school, mm. long skirts, can't do your eyebrows type of like. church. Mm -hmm. You know, one of those Spanish church that you, you're there for three, four, four hours, five hours in the day. And so um, I bless God because um, that's where I had my foundations. And I went to church and because of my grandparents, my my grandmother and my grandfather, they took me to church. My parents were knew of the Lord, but they didn't go to church. And so my grandparents would take me along with my godmother, Sylvia Galvan, and my um, godfather, Angel Galvan. And they would take me to church every Sunday, every weekday. And we lived in the same apartment complex. And, and they would pick me up and we'll go to church. And that's where I got my foundations. And um, I can't say, even to this day, I always say it that although so many people can say so many things about the Pentecostal church or a church in general, you know, there's so many people who are church hurt. But one thing I appreciate from the church was that I learned reverence and I learned the reverence of God. And, uh, and yeah, there were some kooky things going on and that now, because I know the word, I'm like, wait, hold on. That's not in scripture. But I, I appreciate so much that I learned the reverence of God. And when you entered in, no matter where it was, that was the house of God and mm. you respect the altar and you respect the, the, the men and women of God that are there because they are, are receiving from God. So that um, was in my heart always. And that walked with me throughout my life. And um, I went to church. I, I come from uh, a family on both sides who are who go to church as well and um, ministers and missionaries. My my great grandmother from my mother's side, uh, Carmen Rupert, she was a great missionary. And I had the honor um, years ago about it was about 13, 12, 13, that she would travel to Texas and other states to go preach. And I would go with her and I would sing and she would preach. And I'm this 12 and, and look at it. I'm like, wow, 12 years old. My daughter is going to be uh, 12. Um, and I look at her, I'm like, wow, I was out with my great grandmother by ourselves and we're traveling and she's preaching and I'm singing. And um, this was my life. My life was youth group. My life was ministry. I was a, a youth group leader and I was in the choir at church and I did all these things. I worked at church and all this time, my parents still were not members of the church mm. and they would take me, they would go on special events, but they were not the members. The members were my grandparents and my aunt that would take me. And so um, this also affected me in the sense that all the kids had their parents, you know, participating in church. And mind you, my parents would participate by, you know, cooking for, you know, the church or cooking for events, but they never became official members. And so that carried in my heart, but I, I, I kept on trucking along, you know, worshiping God, going to these events, you know, but it wasn't until, um, something that that drew the fork on the road for me was an incident that happened. And I say this all the time. Um, I was put on discipline because I was a 13 year old girl who did her eyebrows okay. and I was put on discipline and, and embarrassed in front of the whole church. And that for me was hard because when that happened, the one who's my protector, which was my dad, he wasn't at the church. Mm. 
And so, you know, I could imagine knowing my dad and my dad passed away a couple of years ago and knowing how he protected us so much. If he were there, I could imagine what would have happened mm-hmm. because he wasn't saved, you know, he wasn't saved at the time. So I could imagine what hap- what would have happened occurred. But it, it marked me because it was like, who's going to protect me? You know, this ha- just happened in front of a whole congregation. They put me on on discipline and they at a, a young girl, 13. What am I going to do? And I remember my I, when I cried, I went to my parents and I cried out. They were, of course, furious. And so my father went into protection mode and he mm-hmm. went and he went, spoke to the pastor. And he's like, we are never coming again, mm-hmm. along with other choice words that. But that that started something in me. Mm-hmm. And I think with my parents, that also affected them in the sense of, wait, we weren't there when this incident happened. Right. Mm-hmm. Let me let us go to church. Let's find a church that we can go together mm-hmm. and 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 raise her in the church. And we found another church and they started going, but the same thing. They, what happened with them is because they smoked cigarettes, that was the only vice they had, mm-hmm. but that prevented them from mm. joining the church. And they were addicted to, to the cigarettes. And yeah. so the same thing happened. Now, in that church, I was around 15 or so, or 16, I'm going and and another incident happened. And again, my parents weren't weren't um, members of the church. And I said, wait, if my parents are not members, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. I could just, I could be at, at, in my house. And then I'm like, you know what? I, there, there was a battle within me. Like if my parents are, I'm the only one, I don't, I don't need to go. Mm-hmm. And now this new church, my grandparents weren't there and my aunt wasn't there. So there was nobody holding me accountable like it was back you know, in the other church. Mm-hmm. And so when I finally said, you know, I'm doing all this and it was based on religion. It was based on the rituals, the long pants, I mean, the long skirts and the the can't do your hair. You can't put on makeup. It, it became I started seeing all this religious occultish stuff mm. that I was like, hey, I'm 16. I could be with my friends. Right. I could be somewhere else. My parents don't even come. Why do I need to be here? Mm. And that's when at 16, I said, officially, I'm out of here. And so I went on a whole, like, I'm not going to church no more. Forget it. I'm going on a rampage. And that's what I did. And I thank God in the sense that I still had the reverence and the fear of the Lord mm. in my heart. Right. And so I would sing and it's, it's funny because I, you know, we would have like school concerts and stuff like that. And I would, I would go and everybody's like, oh, Cynthia, you, you should sing for the church. You should sing for the school and you should do this. But I had made a promise to God years ago before that. And I said, the only time I would sing is before God. Mm-hmm. And because I had so much fear and, and reverence of God, and it wasn't like this whole like, oh, God is going to strike me right down and kill mm-hmm. me. It was a genuine like love that I had for God. That I was like, I'm never gonna sing for the world or do anything only to God, right. and that prevent and that saved me from a lot of things that you know I wanted to do in the world, but it was that that held me, mm-hmm. and it wasn't until you know I'm in college I met my husband and he wasn't in church and he was born and raised raised Catholic and we got married young and we did everything and we we had our first child. I, I, Kiara, who's here with me. I had her at 19. I had her young. And um, my husband, what brought us back was 
although my husband was Catholic, he had a reverence for God. Mm -hmm. And he was the type of Catholic, like we only go on holidays, you know, we're going to church on a holiday mm -hmm. and, and yeah, uh, everything is the Catholic church, but I know nothing of the Catholic church. Right. Mm -hmm. And so um, I always told him we got married civilly and i told him babe i i just want to get married through church i just want my father to walk me down the aisle in church mm -hmm. like that was my biggest dream like to be in a church because that reverence that that yearning for god was still in my heart right. and although i did everything else i wanted to do like i was a straight up sinner but it was still in me mm -hmm. i had respect and love for god that i wanted to get married through church and so my husband says you know what it if we're going to get married, it's only through Catholic church. We're right. going to the Catholic, we're going to the priest and all that. And so I'm like, fine, you know, because I want to honor you, let's do it. But I love, I love to study. Anybody knows me, I'm a bookworm. I'm mm. always reading books. And I said, if I'm going to go and I'm going to join the Catholic church just to get married through church, then I need to know what I'm going, getting into. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I said, I want every book that there is. I started watching documentaries. I started watching all these things, reading books. We set up, you know, to make a long story short, we set up um, meetings with the priest and the nun to, uh, so that we, we could have our wedding through the cat. And this is an anniversary wedding right. because mm -hmm. we had already previously gotten married through civilly. Mm -hmm. And so in order to have, um, the wedding through the church, we had to go through this, you know, sit downs and, and, you know, talking with the priest and the nun and getting to know about the catechism and, and all these questions should have been answered through them. Right. And so I'm bringing my books and my papers and I'm like, but the, but it says here, and I'm remembering now everything I learned as a child, mm -hmm. because it's true what the word says, you know, mm -hmm. you train up a child and it would never, the word would never depart. It, it, it it goes into their bones right. mm -hmm. and that's what it was that no matter what junk I did in the world, it was in me, in my bones. Mm -hmm. And so when I, when we went in front of the nun and the priest and we're telling him, you know, we're asking questions and he's not able to answer us. It's like, wait, hold on, what's going on. And now this sparks an interest in my husband. And so my husband starts questioning the church and all these things that are going on, the Catholic church and everything. And so now he decides, you know what, I'm going to research on my own. And so he decides his, he starts his journey with God and he starts listening to John Ramirez, to David Wilkerson and all these, you know, powerhouse men of God. Mm -hmm. And he works in the city. So he's traveling back home, listening to these men. Now in this time, I'm like, even though I'm interested in what's going on, I'm living in my sin. And one of my vices was straight up alcohol. I loved alcohol. I had this thing. Why? Because it gave me a, 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 um, a high. It gave me this, this ability to have liquid courage. It gave me this ability to just be able to talk to anybody whenever. And I, and I say that also with the alcohol, it gave me an, an ability to illegally tap in into the supernatural. Mm -hmm. And so while I was drinking, I was able to sit down with people and I could read them mm -hmm. and I could, I can know their aura and what's going on. And I was tapping into these things, into these supernatural things illegally because I'm using a, a fake substance mm -hmm. to get me there. And, and this is the thing I, 
in the natural with God, I God had gave me a gift. That God gave me a gift. You know, I, I was in the church, so I understood prophecy. I understood the supernatural gifts. Mm -hmm. But now, because I didn't have God, I still had that yearning to get to tap into the supernatural. But I didn't want the accountability of God. Right. Mm -hmm. I didn't want all that other stuff and that legalism stuff that I thought at the time it was legalism. Mm -hmm. So alcohol gave me that opportunity. So while my husband is through his spiritual journey, I'm in my head saying, yeah, do you? I know the truth because I'm reading all this, but I don't have to give up my lifestyle. And that's the good thing with the Catholic Church. I, I, I don't want to bash anybody, but the Catholic Church allowed me mm -hmm. that I could go on Sunday, take the Eucharist, do everything, and then go party on Saturday and right. get drunk and do whatever mm -hmm. and just confess and I'm good. My sins are done. Like, um, I'm good. Do penitence. We're all good. So... It wasn't until one day my husband, he, he decided to give his life to Christ. And my husband did a radical. It, he did it so quick that nobody was able to, to, to hold up. They were like, people were like, what's going on? And we said that he changed it. It was too much for people to handle. Mm -hmm. We had got so much backlash from, from yeah. family, from friends. People left us. They cursed us. They literally could not understand what was happening, especially for my husband. And at the same time, secretly inside, I was the same way. I kind of resented him for a moment there. Like, what? you're changing our life. What's going on? That's your journey. I don't have to be in your journey. Let me do. When I'm ready, I'll go. And so it wasn't until one day my husband says, you know what? We're going to throw out. We had a, uh, I had a collection of alcohol bottles here. Right. My house was the party house. And he goes and he says, I've been moved by God to throw away all this alcohol. I'm a man of God and me and my house are going to serve the Lord. Uh. He goes, you can join me in this or not. You have to make a decision. I'm not forcing you. And as a strong woman, Puerto Rican woman, you telling me that you're going to force me? What? What? And I look at him and I'm like, how dare he put me in this predicament? Is he crazy? Like, what's going on? But it was so powerful. And anyone that knows my husband, he's not, a, you know, a, a boisterous man. He's not one to yell. He's not one to, you know, to scream or anything. But the way he said it was with so much authority mm -hmm. that although I was angry inside of me, I was like, you know, you got to listen to him, right? Like, you got to make a choice. And so he puts, uh, you're on my dining room table now, but this is the exact dining room table. I have a long dining room table with six chairs and he puts all the alcohol bottles on the table and they're lined up and I look at it and he leaves the house and I'm like, Lord, what am I going to do? And now this alcohol is literally calling me. Hmm. My body is drawn to this alcohol hmm. and I'm, it's like I'm breaking up with it. And I say, God, I can't do this. So I go to my dining room, my, my kitchen, and I'm like, Lord, make it that this alcohol becomes disgusting to me. What was once tasteful and delicious, make it so nasty that I want to throw up. Mm. I said, if, if you are listening to me and this is what you want me to do, do it now. I need it now. And what I did was I opened up the first one, I remember, and I start throwing it and down the sink. And before when I would, I don't know, people who are in, addicted to alcohol would know that the smell of alcohol sometimes would like, you know, increase. Like you're like, mm, it smells good. Well, other people might smell nasty, but for those that are addicted, it's it's a good aroma. Mm -hmm. So for me, that aroma, I was expecting to be like, oh, I want to drink. But 
um, when I say I, I gagged and I'm about to throw up and I'm crying and I'm like, he did it for me and I'm throwing everything down the drain. This was my moment. And I just went before God and I said, here I am never again to turn back. And so with that, my journey of, of, of being away from God, I still have my foundations and God was able to meet me where I left him. Mm. And so within a week or so, we we had already found Soul Purpose Evangelical Church. And within a week, I started getting, you know, dreams and we started praying off. Me, my husband and I went into this whole campaign, like we're doing this together. Right. And we were radically changed. We got Holy Spirit fire and everything. And, and it was a time that we said, we're going to do this together, even though the world is against us. Right. And we, the world did come against us. And you thought that people, especially family that were born in the faith, that they would be more sympathetic. Let me tell you, I think I said it. I think it was, it would have been easier for me if I would have said, guys, I'm going to AA and I have a, a substance abuse and I need help. I think I we would have been more supported by our friends and family mm. if we would have said that. But the fact that I said, guys, we're leaving this, this household serves God, that was a shock for everybody. And I think what made it more of a shock was because people were expecting us to get all religious religious and holy the way we were before, right. the way the we know the church to be. And so it wasn't until people saw consistency in our lives where people started understanding our walk was real. It was serious. And, and they saw the lives of our children and our lives outside and inside the church when people started realizing. But I say what, what kept me grounded was the fact that my foundation was with God. Yeah. Because of those prayers, I believe the prayers of my, my um, missionary grandmother, a uh, great-grandmother, my missionary aunt, um, Montserrat Gonzalez, they are women of God. And I believe their prayers is what got us here today. And when we gave ourselves totally a revival began in our house. My mother gave her life to Christ. My father re rededicated his life to Christ. And a miracle, which is that my mother, for she smoked for 45 years plus, her cigarette addiction went away in a woman's retreat. Oh, wow. So what prevented her years ago from coming to God, the shame of smoking cigarettes, God took it away within a year of her giving, rededicating her life to Christ. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's basically my my testimony. I'm sure I took a long time. No, no, I'm no, trying, but fine. but definitely um, I praise God because throughout all that, God brought us here, and I get to see my daughter here with me. Like I could definitely cry. Amen. You know, we, we're able to minister together, and we're able to do the things together as a family. Mm -hmm. And I, I praise God. And if it, and I say it was my husband who put his foot down and said. Me and my house will serve the Lord, and because of Him, we're all here. Amen. I wanted to ask you. You mentioned earlier uh, in your testimony that uh, there was a lot of legalism in the church, and I uh, had stated in previous podcasts that many times, you know, the church can drive people away too. Oh yeah. You may have a young person or an adult, for that matter, who goes to church. And the church can make you a prodigal. They can, uh, maybe a young person or someone can see hypocrisy. Oh, yeah. 
hypocrisy. Many people become sarcastic. We see it today with prosperity preachers. Many unsaved and prodigal sons and daughters see the inconsistencies of televangelists or maybe people in the church, and they may question, well, why should I accept Christ? Look at, look at the hypocrisy that exists. It sounds that as if what you're saying is, and if I'm wrong, correct me, the legalism. Part of what drove you away was seeing the legalism. Don't do this and don't do that. Again, having a form of godliness but denying the yes. power thereof and no love. Is that Did that play a contributing factor in driving you away from the church? Well, it did play, and I guess the fact of it, it was there was legalism, but nobody explained why. Right. Nobody gave us a biblical explanation of why these things, why do not do these things. Right. I was told you can't wear long, you can't wear <clears throat> pants. Uh, why? Oh, because you're going to make a man sin. Oh, okay. Like I'm going to make a man sin because I don't wear, I, I did, didn't wear the long skirt. I did, I did my eyebrows. I'm making a man sin. There was no explanation to these things. And so it's like everything was rules, rules, rules. And then if you have a teenager whose parents are not in the church. You're giving me more rules. And it's like you have to follow these rules. If you don't follow these rules, you're, you're not a woman of God and you're not a man of God. So now it's like you're working. It's all about the works of getting there right. that you you're not even told. Don't do it for the works. Don't if you're going to if God speaks to me and tells me wear a long skirt, I'm going to do it because I honor God and because that's what he's called me to do. Right. But don't say I have to do it to be a woman of God, because there was plenty of women of God, so quote unquote, that were wearing the long skirt, but yet they're gossiping, they're talking, they're putting other women down, they're looking down on you, they're speaking about you. There's other sins that are happening. So as a right. teenager, yeah. you see the hypocrisy, but also you're not being explained why these? Why did they put these doctrines? Why these doctrines are applied in the church? And why are they so important, quote unquote, to mm -hmm. them in order to be next to God, in order to be in the presence of God? You mentioned uh, inconsistency. And then you mentioned earlier, of course, that it was the testimony of living a godly life, which served to attract you to come back to Christ. You saw the godly living. You just mentioned hypocrisy as well. You know, when Jesus cursed the fig tree, um, there was a reason for that. A lot of people, uh, when they read that parable, the fig tree is the only tree where fruit and leaves appear together at mm -hmm. the same time. Every other tree, you have leaves that appear first and then fruit appears later on. When Jesus cursed the fig tree, he saw the leaves, yeah. but there was no fruit. Mm -hmm. And he cursed the fig tree for its inconsistency. He expected to see fruit because there were leaves there. And he cursed the fig tree as an object lesson of having appearance, but no substance. Mm -hmm. And many times prodigals can see appearance. They can see um, church attendance, but they don't see love. They don't experience love, godliness, consecration. And you mentioned, of course, that uh, when, when people... When you saw the consistencies of godly people, that was a testimony. Again, our devotional had to do with light, mm -hmm. being not being a prodigal parent, but being light, salt and light before your unbelieving and prodigal sons and daughters. That's what uh, was a testimony to you. And you, in turn, people came to Christ because they saw your testimony. Yes. You were exhibiting fruit. Yes. I did want to jump to your daughter. You're not. You're not getting away. You're not getting off easy. Uh, uh -oh. Okay. Um, you know, you your your mom mentioned light. 
um, and I, when I was speaking to you earlier before we took our musical interlude, um, if your parents were not the godly parents that they are, being light, like we mentioned earlier, okay, being consistent, not being prodigal parents. We mentioned prodigal parents being ashamed to pray in front of you, not reading the Bible, not listening to Christian music. Many times I've come to your home and there's Christian music playing. Oh, yeah, there was we Christian were, music playing when I came we in today. In. <laughs> you were going in. But if your parents had not been salt and light, living the Christian life in front of you, do you think you would have come to Christ? Do you think you would have, their lack of testimony would have had an impact on you? Why should, I mean, listen, you're a young person. I know you attend a group called Joshua Tribe uh, at our church. Um, there are many places a young person can be on a Friday and Saturday night. You're in church or Sunday morning, you could be sleeping in late, mm. but you just don't attend because your parents attend. You come because you want to be obedient and serve the Lord. Tell us about your walk with the Lord and and what keeps you uh, as a young person from being lured back into the world like so many, like the prodigal son was lured into the world. Yeah. What keeps you from wandering away? Well, there's many reasons and um, I do attend a few ministries that I'm in. I'm in Joshua Tribe. I'm in um, the dance ministry, the intercessory prayer ministry the hospitality. <laughs> um, I'm basically in church every day, <laughs> except Mondays and Tuesdays. Really? <laughs> <laughs> really. And sometimes Saturdays, mm. depending if we have an event. But I enjoy it. And <clears throat> I believe that all has, that all started with the instillment of having reverence for God. Right. Uh -huh. There was never a moment where I I just knew not to disrespect God publicly. Right. Uh -huh. If I was going to disrespect God, it was going to it was to make sure I would do it with him. Okay. Like I'll be like, "Lord, I don't feel like this is right." Like if it came if it came off as disrespectful, it would be in a conversation that I would have with him. Right. If I disagreed with something, or whatever the case may be, but um, if my parents were not godly people hmm. today, I would not. I would be nowhere near where I am now hmm. in my walk. Mm -hmm. I'm sure I would have made it eventually. Mm -hmm and found my way back to God, but I would have never been with God Wow! at uh, all. <laughs> uh, now, you're, you're in high school, I understand. Yes. What grade are you in? I'm a senior in high school. You're a senior. Okay. Mm -hmm. Have you faced any persecution or any backlash for your testimony in walking the Lord at high school? Yes, I have. <laughs> you have. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Without being too graphic, of course. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> um, so it all started... I always knew about God, but when I really surrendered everything was when I went to a women's conference. Mm. I was 15 years old. And um, it, from that day, after everything I've learned, we learned basically the topic was seated in heavenly places. Right. Mm -hmm. Amen. So I was getting everything, the governments about heaven and knowing your authority, how we're seated. We received crowns that day. Mm -hmm. And so 
I had social media. I didn't have a huge platform, but I had my friends and I had uh, people that I go to school with. So I'm like, I can't keep this to myself. Right. Mm -hmm. So everything that I received, I would put it online Mm -hmm. for others to receive. And so that took a turn (laughs) and not many enjoyed it. I did lose um, most of my friends. Well, not friends, I would say acquaintances, Mm -hmm. but um, I lost people. I lost, I've gotten backlash. Um, Sometimes people would respond under what I post and they would just say something disrespectful. Mm. Some people would try to debate and I was, not was, I still am, but I know how to fight for my own. Mm. So I was reading God, I was understanding God, um, and just learning about him. So I was like, oh, this person wants to debate. They're gonna, they're not gonna win this one. <laughs> and I wouldn't, I would make sure that I'm not just bringing in my feelings and what right. I feel about God, but I would bring the facts. So what does the Bible say? What is what can we see in America in our in our schools and just regular day daily things? What can we see there that we can see God in and we can relate to? And so that was pretty much the backlash. It wasn't bad, but it was it was pretty bad for a teenage girl. Right. <laughs> I understand. You know, the Bible says, the word of God says that we should be prepared to give a reason mm-hmm. for the hope that we have in Christ. And it sounds like you've done that. I know you you and I have talked. You have an interest in apologetics. Yes. Uh defending the gospel. And I know that mm-hmm. some people inquire about the gospel just to get into a good argument. Mm-hmm. They're not interested in truth. Other people uh want to punch holes in your faith. Mm-hmm. And then there are people who are truly inquiring and they want to know. Inquiring minds want to know. And those are the people, of course, who are seeking truth. And we can lead um, them to Christ by our testimony. And the Word of God says that no man can come to the Father unless the Spirit draws him. And I believe that the Spirit will draw a person by our consistency in living for Christ. So, well, it's that time. We have a host of prayer requests when we come before the Lord. And, you know, prayer is not just petition and supplication and intercession. Prayer is warfare. Going into battle against the forces of darkness that hold our prodigal sons and daughters in bondage. Some prodigals are in bondage through drugs or alcohol. Others are in bondage, peer pressure, illicit lifestyles. Some are in bondage to mental health issues, depression, low self-esteem. Other prodigals are in bondage uh, through bitterness, maybe um, they're angry, maybe past experience, whatever it is, we need to plead the blood of Christ over our prodigals and claim deliverance and salvation on their behalf. So we're going to enter into prayer now, and we're going to touch and agree with the variety of people that we have on our prayer list. I'm going to jump to our sister, Cindy, right now. Amen. And we have three requests. Both, all three of them have to do with substance abuse. Uh, We have three people. Valentina is the uh, young daughter of our sister, Ceci, I believe, and brother Brian. And there are issues regarding substance abuse. And then we have our beloved Pastor Albert, who have a son. Uh, Pastor Albert and Pastor Frankie, the wife, have a son named Joshua, again, in bondage to substance abuse. 
Um, then we have another young man by the name of Joshua, who is the son of um, a dear brother and sister at Soul Purpose. All three, Valentina and both Joshua's, young people. And it's my understanding that all three are in treatment at this time. But um, we're going to lift them up in prayer regarding their uh, substance abuse and addiction issues. And I'm going to ask our sister Cindy to lead us in prayer for all three of these young people. Sister Cindy. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Um, thank We worship you. We honor you. We praise you. We glorify your name, Lord. We thank you for this moment that we are coming together. Your, your word says where there's two or more gather, you are there, Lord. And if we come in your name, Father, you are listening. You incline your ears to our petitions, Father. We pray right now for these um, these prodigal children, Lord Jesus. We don't know exactly every detail of their heart, Lord. We don't know every detail that they're going through, Father, but you do. We ask you right now that wherever Valentina may be, wherever Joshua, the two Joshuas may be, Father, that you will call them back to the fold, Lord Jesus, that you will speak to them right now. We ask that you send your warrior angels, Lord, not the little ones, Father, but the big, mighty warrior angels, angels to fight on their behalf, Lord, right now. Father, we pray that the bondage that has been come, coming over them, Lord Jesus, will be broken up, Lord. We know that you are not bound by time, space, or matter. We know that nothing, Lord Jesus, stops you. We put you in a box, but Lord, we ask that right now we break that box in the name of Jesus, and we ask that you will meet them right where they are. We call them back. We say you are of God, Lord, just like we had might. I had in my life, mighty men and women of God praying me back, Father. We are here together standing and interceding for, for Valentina, for Joshua and Joshua and everyone else who is suffering from these addictions, Lord. Father, we know that these addictions are just to bring a false sense of your Holy Spirit. These addictions are just to take them to the next level. The enemy wants to keep them, Lord. But today we are calling our children back. We are fighting. We are going to the enemy's camp and taking back what the enemy has taken back, taken away from us. We say, no, you can't have our prodigals. They're coming back. Father, you said in your word that you are listening to us. You said in your word that if we tell that mountain to move, it shall move. If we tell that mountain, it gotta go, it has to go. So right now we are interceding for these, for these prodigals to come back. They are no longer gonna be prodigals. They're gonna be mighty men and women of God. We know that the enemy has them because the enemy is scared of the authority that they're going to carry with you, Lord. Hmm. So we ask right now that you will meet them and that you will bring them back. Soften their heart. I pray right now for all those people that you are lining up right now to be in their path. I pray that they will put a pebble in, the, in their shoe that reminds them every day that they there's something missing, that they have to return back to you. I thank you in advance for what you're doing in their life. I thank you in advance because I know that in a couple of months or in a couple of weeks or in a couple of hours, we're going to hear testimony of these three in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Praise God. Our next request, uh, you know, several weeks ago, we had a mom call from, I believe it was Idaho. And this young mom, uh, her name was Mary Ellen. And she and her husband, Kevin, have a, I believe, a 15 or 16-year-old daughter named Gabby. And it was shared that Gabby was going through some emotional issues or mental health issues, depression, maybe low self-esteem. 
But Gabby, as far as we know, has not surrendered her life to Jesus Christ. She is 16, and like many 16-year-olds, in bondage to many of the vices or other things that 16-year-olds are gravitating to. But we know that Mary Ellen and husband Kevin are praying for 16-year-old Gabby, for her salvation. So I'm going to have our sister Kiara pray for Gabby, for her deliverance from whatever is holding her in bondage, depression, low self-esteem, maybe peer pressure, hostility to the gospel, resistance to the things of God, and also to perhaps pray for uh, the parents as well, for their continued strength and perseverance in the faith. We have 16-year-old Gabby and the parents, Mary Ellen and Kevin. Lord, I thank you for the people that you have brought here to earth, Mary Ellen and Kevin and Gabby. Lord, I pray that the prayers of the righteous would not go unheard uh -huh. and that you would hear your children, that you would hear these parents that are praying to you, that are probably see on the floor seeking your face, that are probably just interceding and fasting for their child yes lord i pray that you would see them that you would hear them and that you would even speak to them and let them know that they're being heard mm -hmm. that they're not being left with doubt that they're not being left with worry but that they can rest going to sleep that night mm -hmm. knowing that you are going to bring their daughter back father i pray for gabby <coughs> and i pray that you would just reveal yourself to her that it would take just just a simple verse that it would take a simple yes. conversation with her parents it would take a simple preaching that she wouldn't have to receive a severe testimony just to reach you mm -hmm. but there would mm -hmm. that it would be an easy way an easy path to reach you but i pray that whatever depression whatever anxiety yes. whatever fear addiction, whatever the case may be, Lord, I pray that you would reach her where she is at and that you would pull her out of the pit that she is in. Yes. Father, I pray that you would be with her and that you would help her and allow her to know deep down that you are always with her and that you will never leave nor forsake her no matter what she does, mm. yes. no matter if she's talking down on herself, no matter if she's even talking down to you but that she knows that no matter what she does, there's nothing that she can do to get rid of you. Amen. So Lord, I pray that you would reach her and that you would touch her parents and bring that closeness so that way they can be and yeah. work as one, as a one family, yeah. one unit, and ultimately one body. And Lord, I just pray that you would reach them and speak to them. And Lord, we just thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Excuse me. Our next prayer request is for the adult son of two members of Soul Purpose Evangelical Church. Uh, the gentleman's name is Edgar. And Edgar lives in New York City, I believe. And he is, again, the adult son of uh, a dear brother and sister. Edgar by what I was told, is living an illicit lifestyle, engaged in a variety of activities and, and doing certain things in his home. Edgar has a young daughter, I believe. I'm not sure how old she is, but this young daughter, by what we were told, is exposed 
and a witness to some of the things that Edgar is doing. Um, so we are going to pray for Edgar's salvation, his deliverance from the things that he is involved in and doing and participating in. And we're going to ask the Lord to free him from the bondage that he's in. But we're also going to pray for this child, that a hedge of protection and a battalion of angels surround this child and protect her from whatever is going on in this home. So touch and agree with me as we pray for Edgar and this young child. Father, I thank you, first of all, for godly parents of Edgar who are praying and interceding for their adult son, godly parents who want to see their son come into the kingdom of heaven. I pray that you give them peace and strength and encouragement and perseverance, that they not grow weary, but persist in prayer, and that they don't get discouraged. Don't let the enemy whisper in their ears that Edgar is too far gone. Nothing's impossible for you, Lord. And we just pray for Edgar's parents that you encourage, strengthen, and give them the perseverance that they need to continue in the faith and trusting in you. And here we go, Lord. We're going to lift Edgar up in prayer. First and foremost, Lord, you see what he's doing, who he's with, where he's going, who he has coming into his home. You see the activities that he's engaged in. Lord, like our sister Cindy mentioned earlier in the podcast, give Edgar a distaste for the lifestyle that he's living. Lord, convict him of what he's doing. Speak to his heart. If necessary, give him a Damascus Road experience. Knock him off the horse that he's on so that he sees his need for you, Lord God. Open up his heart and mind to the gospel. Bring someone his way who'll witness to him. Yes. Maybe a co-worker. Maybe he'll listen to a Christian song. Maybe mm -hmm. a friend of his in his building where he lives, a neighbor who's a believer will witness to him. Bring the gospel to him, Lord God. Bring a friend or a neighbor or somebody his way. Maybe even a dream at night, Heavenly Father, or a vision. Whatever it takes, Lord, do whatever it takes. It's a scary thing to pray that, Lord God, but we just commit Edgar into your hands. Do what it takes, like the Apostle Paul, to bring him to the foot of the cross. We plead the blood of Jesus against yes. the powers of darkness that have Edgar in bondage. Yes. Whatever it is that has Edgar in bondage, we rebuke it. Hey. We proclaim freedom for Edgar pleading the blood of Christ over him and declaring him for the kingdom of God. It's a matter of time before the testimony comes, like my sister shared. But we believe and we trust, Lord God, that you're going to save Edgar, yes. convict him of his sin, deliver him from the chains of bondage of whatever he is doing. If it's a person, free him from that. If it's a vice, free him from that. A lifestyle, free him from that. Give him a distaste. Give him no rest. Mm -hmm. Your word says that there is no peace for the wicked. Give Edgar no peace. And give him a hunger and a thirst for the things of God. Save his soul and fill him with your Holy Spirit. We pray a hedge of protection around this child, Lord God, who may be witness and, and seeing some of the things that her dad is doing. We pray that you protect this child, Lord, from any demonic forces that are trying to destroy this home, that are trying to infiltrate this family. Protect this child, Lord, a battalion, a brigade, an army of angels guarding her so that no harm comes to her. We proclaim this family for you, Lord God. We claim them for you. Salvation, deliverance, the Holy Spirit filling 
for Edgar. And we commit him into your hands. It may come tomorrow. It may come next week or next year. But we know the answer will come. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Our next request is, I'm going to give this to our sister, Cynthia, a young lady by the name of Angelica. And Angelica is um, related to two dear brothers in Christ, Richard and Jeremiah Todorici, I believe it's pronounced. Yes, and I'm in regular contact with them many times through Messenger, and many times they share posts that are very encouraging. But Angelica, again, another young person, I believe 15 or 16, if not 17, in bondage, maybe perhaps to a vice, depression, low self-esteem, maybe you know, a lot of the things that young people are in bondage to today. We saw the Grammy Awards <laughs> and a lot of young people just cheering on the evil and satanic yes. displays that were there. We want to proclaim freedom for Angelica, the salvation of her soul, yeah. the deliverance from whatever is holding her in bondage. So, Sister Cindy, will you please pray for 16-year-old or 17-year-old Angelica's deliverance and salvation? Amen. Angelica, there's no coincidence that her name is Angelica, is celestial, that name, mm. Lord. And we just pray that we're proclaiming because you know exactly when you give people names, Lord, you know exactly for the reason. And her name is, is celestial. Her name is heavenly father. So we pray right now that her name will match her character, Lord Jesus, that her name, whatever people called her before will be annulled right now. Whatever people have spoken in and Angelica's life will be over. If they called her ugly, if they called her uh, insufficient, if they called her uh, all these names that I could imagine a teenager will be called father, we, we, we ask that you wipe it off right now, that we speak life to Angelica right now, father. Father, her parents are praying for her. Her parents are interceding for her. We pray that you will hear the supplications of her parents, Lord. There's no other prayer like a, a prayer of a parent that's with agony. Remember when, when Mary prayed for Jesus, there's a, there's a, there's a special connection of a praying parent, Lord. Mm -hmm. And I pray that you will listen to their prayers, that you will hearken your ear to them, Lord Jesus, and that she will understand. Angelica will understand that you are calling her, that you have called her, that you have made her in her mother's womb and that you, since the womb, you had destined her for greatness, Lord Jesus. I pray that whatever bondages is taking her are over right now, that the chains will be broken as we speak, Lord. I don't need to know all the details, but I know in the name of Jesus that she's suffering from depression. She's suffering from suicidal thoughts. She's suffering from things, Father, the, the, this battle that's going on in her heart and in her brain right now, Lord. And I pray that you would hold her, uh, her her mind captive with only you, Lord Jesus. Mm -hmm. I pray that right now her mind will be washed with the blood of Jesus Christ over it and that whatever was attacking her will have to cease because you came into the scene, Lord. I thank you, Father, for what you're going to do and what you're doing right now in Angelica's life. And I pray, Father, that she will see the light, that she will see it, and that she will, re that she will testify of this very moment, of this very time, Lord Jesus. And in your name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Our next request is for China and Alexa. A while back, our dear brother Jamie and I were discussing our daughters, our mutual daughters, and praying for their salvation. Well, 
Again, I'm still waiting for the Lord to answer my prayer, and I know he will for my son and daughter. But China and Alexa, her friend Alexa, came to Christ not too long ago, and they are now involved in a church. And we saw a video. I saw a video of China singing in a church and sharing the gift of song. But there is no way the enemy is going to allow this to go unaddressed. (laughs) China and Alexa both accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior, And so we're going to pray for their perseverance in the faith and pray against the powers of darkness that would love nothing more than to lure them back into old lifestyles and back into the world. Touch and agree with me for China and Alexa. Heavenly Father, I praise you and I thank you for the godly parents who are praying for these two young people, Lord God. And I just, Lord, their testimony served as a witness, salt and light, that served as a witness that I'm sure played a role in both these young ladies in coming to you, Lord Jesus, and surrendering their lives to you. And now, Lord God, we praise you and thank you for answered prayer in saving China and Alexa, leading them to the foot of the cross, convict them of their sins. Lord, we thank you and praise you that you've done that, that you've filling them both with the Holy Spirit, and that you're using them both, Lord God. We praise you and thank you for leading them to a godly church. And, Lord, that their names are written in the book of life right now. They will be raptured because they both have surrendered their lives to you. But now, Heavenly Father, we pray for their continued perseverance in the faith. That you continue to give them both a hunger and a thirst for a closer walk with you. Make them both the consecrated women of God that you want them to be. Lord, give them understanding into your word. Give them wisdom. Speak to them. Strengthen their spirits, Lord God. Strengthen their testimony. Consecrate them both, Heavenly Father. We rebuke the forces of darkness. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And there's nothing more that the enemy would love to do than to lure these both these young women back into old habits and old ways. We rebuke the forces of darkness. We plead the blood of Christ over both China and Alexa, yes. a battalion of angels protecting them from the prince and the power of the air, and his minions who would love to lure them back. We claim victory, strength, encouragement for both China and Alexa. Preserve them, Lord God. Fill them with your Holy Spirit. Consecrate them through the power of your Spirit, Lord God. And Father, just keep them. Keep them in the fold. Lord, your word says that no one can snatch us out of your hand. Protect both China and Alexa. Yes. And hold back the forces of darkness. Push back the forces of darkness that would love to see them in a Christless grave. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Their names are in the book of life, and they will be raptured. We praise you for that, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm going to give this next request to our sister Kiera, which is both very dear to me. My son and my daughter. My son's name is Michael, and my daughter's name is Megan. Uh, Michael, of course, is reading his Bible. I don't believe he has accepted Christ as his Lord and Savior. And my daughter, Megan, of course, um, many times has a hostility to the gospel and doesn't want to hear anything having to do with the good news of Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask my sister, Kiera, to pray for my two children, Megan, my daughter, and my son, Michael, that the Lord speak to them both. I'm going to ask you to pray for their salvation. Lord, I pray for Megan and Michael. Mm. Lord, I pray that you would touch them and that you would see them. Lord, I pray that you would 
hear every hear the prayers of the intercessors, hear the prayers of Alan and Nicole. Father, I pray that you would just reach them and bring them back to salvation. Mm. Lord, you know how much their parents care for them. You know how much, how great your love is for them. Mm. Yes. And Lord, I pray that you would just let that love be shown, that there wouldn't be any other kind of love that you can find in the world, but that one type of love that you really need is the love of you. Yes. Lord, I pray that you would be make that known and that you would make it known so that way they can claim it. So it could be something they claim, something that they can profess that I know God because of his love. Yes. Lord, I pray that you would touch them and that you would speak to them in their situations, that you would even help them and guide them. Like, don't go here. Don't go there. You know better. Amen. Be that advice that they need in their sin while they're away so that way they can look back on it and say, wow, God was really there for me yes. during all that. Lord, I pray that you would just do something new and that you would spark a fire in them, yes. that you would bring the situation to start that fire in them, to start that revival in them, so that way they could spread that fire and spread it in their workplaces, to spread it with their friends or the people they talk to in their, in their jobs at the gas station. Lord, I pray that that fire would be used for your glory yes. and that fire would be a wildfire, a wild hey. spread. Yes. Lord, I pray that you would do that in these last days and that you would use them. Lord, I pray that you would heal them, yes. that you would deliver them, that you would set them free and that you would just be the rope that they need to pull up and climb out of their yes. pit, climb out of their cave, give them the flashlight they need to walk in the darkness. Yes. Lord, we just thank you for them. We thank you for them and we thank you for placing them here with a purpose. We thank you for placing them here with, with a gift, with something that they have. Lord, may your gift be not be withheld. And yes. Lord, even if it takes you wrestling with them, hey. like you did in the Old Testament, mm. if you have to wrestle with them just so they can get it, then do it. Amen. Yes. yes. So Lord, we thank you because we know that they're going to come back. Mm. We know mm -hmm. that. So Lord, we just thank you in advance. And we just pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, my sister Kira. Now, we, we did have one last prayer request that came in. Actually, I'm going to have uh, my sister Cindy read the request that's on there Amen. and then commit it to prayer right now. Yes. So the prayer request comes from um, our sister Mary. She says that she needs prayer for her three children, her daughter who is in a homosexual relationship and her son who walked away from God, another daughter who believes in God but is not, quote unquote, totally surrendered. And uh, the names are Amelinda. Latonia, Latanya, sorry, and Stephen. Mm -hmm. So we lift um, these uh, three children up. I believe they are adult children. And um, we're just praying for God to do a miracle right now. 
Father, we thank you for this prayer request, and we thank you also for the ones that haven't been said but are secretly in the hearts of those that are listening, Father. We join them all together here at once, Lord. We pray for um, Melinda and Latanya and Stephen. We thank you, Father, for their lives. We thank you for what you have done thus far, and we thank you for the things that you are going to do in their lives, Father. We pray that these adult children of our sister Mary, Father, that they will come to the realization of you, Lord. And we pray them back, back. We claim them back, Lord Jesus. We say you have to come back because God is calling you back. Mm -hmm. And Lord, we know that the the, the spirit wants to, but the flesh is fighting, Father. We know that there's a battle, Lord, especially when when there are, are when there's sin involved, when there's sin that that causes and draws us uh, to the sin, and it feels good. But Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray that Your Word in their heart will feel even better, Lord. Mm-hmm. We pray that, that right now that You would, wherever they are, meet them, Lord Jesus. That You would send a specific person to speak into their lives. That they will have no I, no doubt that this is this intervention is of God. We pray, Father, for Mary that she would continue to have sustainability power to to continue to pray for her children, that she would not rest until she sees the work of your hands, Lord, that she will see that her and her house, you, they will serve the Lord, Father. I pray that my sister will, will be encouraged by the men and women of God surrounding her and that her children will come into the fold, that her descendants will all, will all worship God. I, Father, you did it for me and my family. I'm sure you could do it for Mary and her family and for each and every one of them, Father. We are believing for modern day miracles. I want to see those miracles. I want to see them and hear about them. I want to, I want to be, I want it to be tangible in this time. Father, you said in the last days that your spirit will be poured on all and that we will see things that we've Mm. never imagined. The apostles prayed for this time. They, they, they prayed for us. So father, we are calling our children back, all prodigals, father, that they will return back home. Lord, we are believing it. We are, we're not just praying here because we want to pray here. Brother Allen and, bro- and Brother Jamie didn't start this podcast just to talk on the microphone. They started a war against the enemy. They started a war saying we're claiming our children back. So tonight, Father, we are claiming your victory. We are, we, we're saying we already won the war, Lord Jesus. Father, we're just worshiping because it's already won, Father. So I thank you, Father, for this. And I pray for, for Mary that she will continue on. Our sister in Christ will continue on. And I'm excited to hear the testimonies in your name, Jesus. Amen. Hey, man, I was about to break out in the prayer language for a second. <laughs> hey, hey, let's go. Hallelujah. We'll stay here another hour. Don't another play hour. <laughs> What's pastor say? Take the, take the clock off the wall. I'm trying to hold God. myself back. I'm like, amen. amen. I'm, I'm being good. I'm trying. <laughs> but it, do a wow. praise dance in here. That's right. Yeah. That's right. You know, we've um, well, we've come to the end of our time together. Uh, as I said in the very beginning of our podcast, I said an hour plus, and we have gone the plus. I'm yeah. Sorry, guys. But again, there's no restrictions with the spirit of God. So God. again, we've come to the end of our time together. I want to thank you for tuning in. I want to thank 
my sisters, Amen. Cynthia Roman and Kiara Roman, for being my guests here and my co-host, Sister Cynthia. Any closing thoughts? Um, I just want to um, let all the parents know and the children that God is hearing your prayers, mm. that I am, me and my family are testimonies that prayers work, yes. that even the prayers that were done before I was born got me here. I, I want to say, parents, stay committed, stay focused. Don't, don't lose hope that even though you're not seeing it, you don't need to see it because when it happens, you're going to know it's of God. Because if you were to see it, <laughs> then you say, oh, it was this person, it was that person. No, God gets the final glory. Mm. So hold fast, hold on the words of God and keep your testimony, parents. The Bible says, do not, um, provoke our children hmm. right do not provoke them to wrath like keep your testimony even though sometimes you want to knock them out or something but stay firm because hmm. you know the enemy would want to put a, a wedge between you guys yeah. i had many times where me and my daughter we've gotten into it and and there's times i had to go to her and say baby i'm sorry hmm. i did wrong humility Yep. is what gets us there. Sometimes parents, we have to humble ourselves and tell our kids, I'm sorry for what I did. I'm sorry that I didn't teach you of God. I'm right. sorry I wasn't the best example for you. So um, it's a time for revival in the yes, church exactly. and in the homes. I'm believing it and I'm excited to continue to see what God is going to do. And I thank you guys for starting this podcast and Thanks, God. and and I pray that more people will rise up and, and call our families back into the fold. Yes. yes. Amen. Thank you. Sister Kier, any closing thoughts? Um, I just want to say uh, thank you for having us on the podcast. And a message to teenagers is to please try, and it's hard, but if you can just give God three days even if it's just no social media and you just give God a try, you don't have to fast, you don't have to do anything, but just three days. The lot can happen in three days. Hey. So if you can just <laughs> give him three days and give up social media and just ask him to just dialogue with him, he's gonna he's gonna show up. And a message to parents is to just be patient on your children and to just watch what God does. Amen. Praise to God. just watch what he does and to not provoke a relationship for them to have with God, but to just encourage it. it does, their relationship with God is their relationship. It doesn't need to be a thruple. <laughs> it's not a four people relationship, a two people relationship. Yeah. It's just your child and God. Yeah. Yes. And you're just the encouragement. You're the pillar and you're the example. Amen. Kids are sponges, so we see everything. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Tell me about it. <laughs> Praise <laughs> wow. God. Wow. Brother Jimmy, any closing thoughts? Um, I just got to thank both of you for being on, uh, being very gracious hosts and allowing us to be in your house yes. uh, today, which is fantastic. Um, so encouraged by both of your testimonies, especially this young one here. Um, just wisdom beyond her years and, um, you know, and yours as well. You know, um, uh, I wrote down alcohol. They don't call it spirits for nothing, oh, no. right? Oh, trust you know? me. Right. <laughs> I could uh, go in on that one, but we're going to save that for another day. Yeah, that's another one. That's another one. But uh, thank you so much. I, I just uh, couldn't be happier. Yeah. This was God. truly a blessing. Ironing truly sharpened yes. iron tonight. Yes. Absolutely. 
Well, the next time we'll be on the air will be next Thursday, February 16th at 7 p.m. I'm not going to say 7 to 8 because uh, <laughs> that's probably not going to happen. But February 16th, Thursday, February 16th at 7 p.m. Who knows where we'll be? Amen. In fact, we may be raptured. Hey. But you never know. But until then, we continue to pray for our prodigal sons and daughters. So like the word of God says, Remain steadfast in prayer, being watchful therein. And if you are the parent of a prodigal son and daughter, like I am and many of us are who are listening to this podcast, watch the road. Your prodigal will be on it. Yes. God bless you, and good night.